Welcome to this podcast from Greater Boston on WGBH2. It is one in a series of interviews with authors conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. Our podcasts are made possible through the generous contributions of WGBH viewers and listeners like you. Thanks for joining us. And now, here's Emily. John Zogby is most commonly known as a political pollster, but if you've ever participated in a poll, you know other questions come up. Could be your taste in food. At any rate, in his new book, Zogby looks to the future based on data he's collected over the years. It's titled, The Way Will Be, the Zogby Report on the Transformation of the American Dream. And John Zogby is here. Welcome. Hi, good to see you again. This is great. Well, Right before we get to the book, i got to ask you, yeah. <laughs> have John McCain's poll numbers changed since the move he made yesterday to call for a moving of they the debate? They honestly have. Yeah. They, he's actually gotten a bump from last right. night, so he's now back in the lead by a couple of points. Of course, last week he was down a couple Seemed of like points. Seemed like a brilliant political strategy yesterday. It remains to be seen if, if that works out. It's going to be one of those, back and forth, mm -hmm. back and forth. Although, Emily, to be honest, I suspect in the end we're going to see a landslide one way or another. But I think it's going to be back and forth. Really, a landslide one way or the other. Mm -hmm. right. I, I really appreciated this book because I, I've seen some of these poll taken in the past, and you always wonder where this data goes, mm. you know, when you ask these kinds of questions. And here you're kind of synthesized it and you've looked into the future. You start by this premise that the, the, a lot of the people you talk to in this 18 to 29 year old group are called the first globals. And you talk about how their identity shift is really going to shape the future and what you know society means to people. Talk a little bit about those people. It's really eight, 18 to 29 year olds, over half of them have active passports. The world is their playing field and it's that group that's driving the, the entire numbers of the whole age cohort. In addition to the travel, they have the internet uh, accessibility and facility and so now their social networks are not the kids they meet after school or between classes on campus, but actually social networks of like-minded people all over the world. And what are their interests? Global music, global mm -hmm. fashion, global sports. It's a completely different world. They're as likely as an age group to say, I'm a citizen of the planet Earth, as to say I'm a citizen of the United States. And the fact that they say that puts them light years ahead or light years different from any other age cohort. And you say that they lean left, but they don't have knee-jerk responses like uh, pro-abortion. In fact, they're, they're very considered on an issue like that. They really are. And so, yeah, it looks like I'm describing a liberal group, certainly in terms of diversity mm -hmm. and the appreciation of people who are different and the sense that American culture is not necessarily uh, superior or inherently superior to any other culture on this planet. On the other hand, when you raise an issue like abortion, rather than knee-jerk one way or the other, they say, give me the situation mm -hmm. and let me examine the situation and then I'll tell you whether I'm pro-choice or pro-life. I think that's remarkably sophisticated on their part. You talk about values polling too. How have or will <laughs> values change with with that marching generation? Well, <clears throat> I think first of all, there's a growing recognition in the country, but particularly with this group, that there are other people on this earth that have needs. And so that in and of itself suggests that we're learning to live a life mm -hmm. within some limits. Um, 
for the good of the planet. It also suggests to me that just focusing on this group alone, 20-somethings are still 20-somethings. They're concerned about the self, how I look, my relationships, my career, but they bring this global sensibility with them into their 30s, 40s, and 50s as they enter the broader community and emerge then as leaders. And that just has very exciting uh, possibilities for us. Some of the things that you broke down seemed kind of obvious, a little depressing in a sense, you know, in terms of the older you get and, you know, the spirituality and that. Was there anything in looking at this data and really breaking it down that, that came as a surprise to you? I think what it is is that I'm a boomer and Ditto. <laughs> and we're really in search of a second act hmm. and I think what's surprising me is that we're starting to head in a direction from it's all about me all the time to wanting a second act where we do something more meaningful with our life you know there there are going to be a million of us that reach the age of a hundred and that in itself suggests to us, as we contemplate retirement or head into retirement, we've got 25, 35 more years of healthy living ahead of us. Now what are we supposed to do? And that alone is suggesting to me from these numbers um, that, that boomers now are ready to, to, to travel, to teach, to learn, to it's mentor, to coach. in the next retirement generation. Exactly. Vol work in the wonderful word of the historian Robert Fogel, instead of earn work. Vowel work. Vowel work, mm -hmm. yeah. You have this very humorous chapter on chumps and champs, and you're looking at kind of the marketing <coughs> world of the future. There's a couple of surprising ones in there because you, you have Walmart on both lists. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> well, explain that. Well, Walmart takes advantage of its workers, and it's not always a very good citizen. In, in many respects. On the other hand, from uh, recognizing that it's a demand-driven world, their consumers, who really tend to be ideological conservatives, still are demanding green. And Walmart has changed many of its products and many of its processes into green processes, and they are understanding that. That's a good retailer. Give me another example of a chump and a champ. Oh, a great chump um, is the Silverado. I think I love John Mellencamp, mm. but you know, Americans have, have a finite number of dollars and a shrinking amount of dollars. Don't sell me a truck with a flag on it, they're saying, sell me a truck that works. And that's why Toyota just beats the hell out of, out of Silverado. A champ, Dove. Um, it's like Dove, I saw that as what? Yeah. <laughs> I still use Dove though. <laughs> well, Dove has, has, has understood that Americans appreciate real people because that's who they are. They're looking for authenticity. And so don't use um, supermodels. Use real women because that's who real women identify with. In your survey of trustworthiness, the media is right down there at the back of the pack with uh, corporate leaders. Is that going to change? It is. It is. First of all, why is the media there? There's a crisis in confidence in all of our institutions right now, everything. Um, and the media is right there with everybody else. But there are alternative sources of media. There are blogs and social networks and so mm -hmm. on uh, that are growing. And that in itself begins the shakeout 
in the traditional media. The successful newspapers are blogging. The successful newspapers are understanding, hey, we're back to extra, extra, read all about it. Get the intimate news, get the video out to people. I think the new media are going to make the really good old media better. And the really bad old media are going to go by the wayside. All right, before you go, on that landslide prediction, <laughs> care to look in your crystal ball and see which one? It's going, it, right now, I think it's a 1980 election. You know, in other words, America made up its mind about Jimmy Carter. Jimmy and Carter, I, Reagan. Yeah. But, you know, who is this old man? And once they learned about this old man, they decided, you know what, I think he's okay. Mm. This time around, the big question is, who is this young man? Mm. And I think Americans in the middle really need to know more about Barack Obama's story. And what does it mean for me? You know, there's a little bit of Hawaii, a little bit of Africa, Africa a little bit of Indonesia. Mm. But... You know, where did you live and who, mm. who were your neighbors and what is there about you that's like me? And I think, you know, I think he has the capacity to do that, frankly, but it's got to get done. You're not going to answer. All right. I'm not. <laughs> John Zogby, thanks for coming here tonight. My pleasure. The book is The Way Will Be. Thanks for listening to this podcast, one in a series of interviews conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. We invite you to watch Greater Boston weeknights on WGBH2 at 7 p.m. and again at midnight. The program is also available through Comcast On Demand.